Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt, herbalist, teacher, and best-selling author. I created this herbal podcast to share trusted herbal knowledge so that you can get the best results when using herbs for your health. I'm passionate about helping people discover the world of herbalism and natural health, and I'm excited to be your new guide. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to say that if you're a new listener, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Be sure to go to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to download show notes for today's episode. Again, you can find that at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to check out show notes and grab your free recipe for today's featured herb. Okay, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. And today I'm delighted to be here with my good friend and fellow herbalist, Cami McBride. I've learned so much from Cami's wisdom and experience over the years, and she's also really fun to just hang out and chat with, which I do a lot as well. You may already know Cami as the author of The Herbal Kitchen and her many online courses, which help you build confidence and skill to use herbs in your daily life for prevention and herbal self-care. Cami's 30 plus years of teaching herbal medicine is steeped in her calling to inspire culture that embraces taking care of our bodies with healing herbs, a deep connection with the earth, and a lifestyle that passes this knowledge on to our children. Cami has taught herbal medicine at the University of California, San Francisco School of Nursing and the Integral Health Master's Program at the California Institute of Integral Studies. She's helped thousands of families learn how to use herbs for prevention and self-care. Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, Cami. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Oh, I love being here, Rosalie. I love what you're doing. I love how much you share with everybody and the impact and just how much people can learn from you. And I'm so grateful to be here and be part of that. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, I just want to dive right in, Cami. I know because we're friends and I've been following you for so long that you had a pretty dramatic entryway into the world of herbalism and medicinal plants. So I'm wondering if you would share about that. You know, what led up to you finding the plant world? Yeah, there's a couple things. One was the dramatic part is I had to have a surgery that was a result of a side effect of a medication. But it, it's actually started a little bit before that. The thing is, my grandparents were foragers. My grandfather was a wild mushroom forager. He it was of Scottish heritage. My great, great, great grandparents on multiple lines came to California from Scotland. And they brought mushroom knowledge with them. And so they were voracious foragers and gleaners. I mean, they were like, pull over, there's a fig tree, you know? And so my grandfather, I spent a lot of time with him. And he told me that there was nothing that made him happier than just being out in that field with nobody else and those mushrooms. And so this love of the earth's harvest and abundance and generosity and just looking for the wild things, he instilled that in me. And he actually, in the 1960s, started the first nature camp in our area. And so I was part of that And because he, he said, like in 1962, well, the, the problem with today's youth is they don't spend enough time in nature. So he's, that was in the 60s, right? 1960s. So he started a nature camp and I was part of that. And it was during that that I went on my very first herb walk. And I remember everything that person said, you know, the very first plant that I was introduced to, I was like, oh my God, yellow dog. It was a wild weed in the fields where we went and 
So he introduced us to uh, yellow dock and red root and fennel. And, you know, I don't remember a lot when I was eight years old, but that I have tunnel vision to that memory. Ever since that day, I was just always looking for the threads of like, oh, you can eat that. Oh, you can drink that. You know, it was just, I was caught. And the thing is that, you know, I mean, my family, they weren't herbalists. They still reached for medication for everything as the first option for anything that was going on. And I mean, I had never heard the word herbalism or holistic health or anything like that, but they had this food wisdom intact. That was a big part of, I think, why I was attracted to herbs in the first place. But when I was a teenager, I developed a brain tumor that was a result of taking a medication. So at 19 years old, I went into surgery, not knowing if I had cancer on my brain or, you know, whatever. And after that surgery, my doctor said, you get off that medication. Your doctor's not going to tell you this, but I do surgery all week long because of that medication. And so needless to say, at 19, you're not really paying very much attention. But after that, I started paying a lot of attention. <laughs> you know? like. Oh, okay. The world is not as it seems, right? I mean, that's really, it was like a veil was lifted. And so I was very close with my grandparents and I went to their house and I looked in their medication cabinet and I saw all their medications. I was just like, oh my God. And I started reading all the side of, you know, that little piece of paper that comes with the medication that tells you about the possible side effects. Like you actually want to read that. I remember sitting in their home just going, there must be another way. I asked the question, isn't there another way? I remember asking that question. And as you probably know, Rosalie, like so much of our lives are guided by the questions we ask, right? So I asked that question and then one thing led to another and somehow like by the grace of some miraculous, <laughs> I don't know what, I ended up on the windy road to the California of Herbal Studies and landed with Rosemary Gladstar in 1986. And it was, you know, one thing led to another, right? And my first couple hours with her, I remember more vividly and I learned more than I did in the five years I had just spent in college. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that's something I talked to another podcast guest about. And like Rosemary has so much presence. I mean, that woman is obviously hooked in and just to be with her is this, an experience that is unforgettable. Yeah, at such a young age in a culture where nobody professed, I mean, that was a different era, you know, and I was just like, okay, I'm here now. I remember my parents, everybody would be like, what? You know, herbalism wasn't on the radar. Nobody had even heard of elderberry syrup, right? But I just, there I was, and I proceeded to just spend the next 10 years traveling. You couldn't find that, you know, there was no internet. And so I just went from and lived and traveled for about 10 years, just studying with whoever I could find. You know, I would pick up and go to New Mexico. I'd pick up and went to the Catskill. You know, I was just like, oh, I heard about this teacher. I'm going there, you know. So that's what it was like for me. And it's just been one continuous journey. And, and I'm still here. I'm so grateful you're so here. And I love hearing that story, especially just like in, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but in the different world, it is such a long time ago, like you said, before internet. I mean, back then, you know, there was maybe five herbal books that you could commonly find. And it's a very different world we live in now. And it's good to remember those times and just how much herbalism is changing through these decades. Yeah, it's a slower learning. I mean, I remember hearing about this medicine woman up in the foothills and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up there. And I went up there and camped out in her yard and worked in her garden and just followed her around her kitchen. You know, it was a slower learning, but it, you were, it was, it was beautiful. Well, Cammie, I am today we're going to spend some time sharing about a beautiful, calming, aromatic plant, lavender, 
And my first question is, what inspired you to choose lavender for today, Cami? Oh, gosh, lavender. You know, lavender is just one of those herbs that I think it's so versatile. And there really are fewer herbs, few herbs that I know of that are just immersed in my life. I can't think of one that's more immersed in my life than lavender. And also, again, talking about like when I started, if I was always like, you got to learn about herbs. You got, hey, everybody, herbs, herbs. And people were like, you're so weird. And so I couldn't talk about new herbs. I couldn't talk about. So I had to find something that people would go, oh, wow. Mm." And so lavender was one of my entryway herbs that I would turn people on to a lavender lotion, a lavender, you know, and, and they're like, wow, you can do that with lavender. And so it was a great entryway herb for so many people to, you know, so that I wouldn't feel so alone. And so it has been one of my great loves and continues to be to this day. And I can share with you like all the different ways that I use it in my life. I'd love to hear about, yeah, I love the practical. I love to see how people actually bring the herbs to life off the paper into our lives. So first of all, it's just, there's so many, you know, like the vinegars, like I love lavender vinegar and I make lavender rosemary vinegar and it's in my culinary oils. It's in my cordials. Oh my gosh. Oh, this one, this, I have a cordial here. It's almost gone. I need to make some more. Um, I have a lavender nectarine cordial and it's really amazing. It makes a great body powder. So you can just use um, some cornstarch and powdered lavender and use that as an antifungal foot rut for fungus on your feet. Or just if you're sweating, this is what I use if I'm sweating too much. And also it's really good on food. In my book, The Herbal Kitchen, I have Happy Life Seasoning, which has lavender, fennel, rose, cinnamon. It's great for marinades and chicken and salmon and tuna fish sandwiches and grilled vegetables, right? And I I mean, it just goes on and on, right? It's also uh, a wonderful, it's one of the, you know, one of my self-care things is that I do salt glows twice a week. And so rosemary, lavender, salt glow is one of my main go-to salt glows. Can you talk a bit about that, Cami? What is a salt glow and how do you use it? Yeah. Okay, good. Good question. Salt glow is salt. It can just be salt and oil and, or it can be salt and powdered herbs and oil. So usually I take a cup of salt, like just sea salt, and I'll put in a tablespoon of powdered lavender and a tablespoon of powdered roses. And then I'll put in two cups of, you know, you can use any kind of, you can use olive oil or sesame oil. And then I keep this in my bathroom. And then I get in the shower, I get wet and I scrub the lavender, you know, the oil and the salt all over my body. I turn the shower off. I let it sit for a couple of minutes and then I wash it off and it increases it helps to get rid of dead skin. It increases your mental clarity because it just gets everything moving. And for me, it helps with the blues. If I'm feeling like a little like, I don't know, something's just kind of stuck, I'll do a salt glow and I feel better. So it's a really major self-care tool that I use on a regular basis. No, I love that. I love too that I think a lot of people would put lavender essential oil in there. And something that you and I have in common is that we love working with the whole plant. And it's not that I never use essential oils, but if I can just get, you know, the essence of the whole plant in there, that's my preferred method because I'm there from start to finish with the plant. So I love that that's, you know, whole powdered lavender. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I have sitting on my cabinet, on my counter next to where I cook. I powder up lavender really finely. And then this can go in, a teaspoon can go into your pancakes, right? A teaspoon can go into your muffins. A teaspoon can go into whatever kind of cake or pie crust. Or So this, I keep powdered lavender where I cook. 
And so anytime I'm using any kind of like bread kind of cooking, I'd like to say it goes in scones, but I don't make scones. That's a great tip. I don't know that I've really used a lot of powdered lavender in, in bready or baked goods. I do love lavender infused into milks, like any kind of milk from dairy to oat. It just gets that flavor so good. So I like making, you know, kind of like a flan or a custard. Lavender ice cream is so delicious. Lavender milk can get it all frothy. So yummy. Yeah, it's not one that I think a lot of, you know, it's not like oregano or basil or something in terms of like people thinking about using it in sweet or savory dishes, but it, it does have such an interesting aroma and taste. I will say for me, I like it like less. You can overdo lavender really easily. Just a little bit. It has that little like hint. It's like a hint. When the recipe says a hint, you know, you just like a, a little bit and it just adds, it, first of all, it adds all the fermentative properties. And then it just that little like, hmm, what is that? And the other way you can do that is by making salt. You can just take your Himalayan salt and you put powdered, uh, I like to put powdered sage and lavender and just have this powdered lavender sage salt next to where I do marinades and things like that. And, and it goes into salad dressing. So it really is a culinary herb. Absolutely. You know, one thing I began to really appreciate lavender as I spent more time in France, honestly, I think a little bit, I kind of overlooked lavender because you think of it as like the smell that detergent has or whatever, you know, it gets used a lot um, just as a scent. And so I kind of overlooked it. And then going to France and spending time there, they really bring lavender to life in so many ways. And I remember when I was studying at university there, my favorite sandwich shop would do that, you know, like had a salt lavender, you know, spread that they put on the sandwiches. And I would eat that sandwich almost every day. I thought it was so good and so much fun. And then another way that I really came to appreciate it as well is that, of course, Southern France is renowned for their lavender. And, you know, you can see all those like fields of kind of monoculture lavender, but lavender actually is native there. And so it grows just, you know, as a native plant. And that was a really fun thing to see, you know, it's not this huge big bush that's been like coddled. It's kind of this it can be more of a scraggly looking plant, but there's lavender growing you know, natively in its natural habitat. And what I learned from that experience was all the different ways that lavender can smell. You know, we think of like lavender scent, but that doesn't really exist, right? It's like lavender smells so differently, can vary even in our you know, gardens or around where we live, we don't have to go to France to experience this, but lavender that has more sunshine or less sunshine, lavender in full bloom versus just in the buds, different species of lavenders. So there's just like this with all plants, this never ending spiral of things that we get to love and appreciate and get to know lavender. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, so you've got your culinary use. And the other thing that's that I really learned about lavender over time is I love pairing lavender. So like for me, I love lavender and eucalyptus for the bath. I make these bundles for the shower in the bath and I love lavender. Lavender St. John's wort oil is like those two oils together. That is a match that I don't know, is just amazing, right? I give away so many bottles of lavender St. John's wort oil. They're just these little tiny bottles. Like you have a headache here. Here's some lavender St. John's wort. Oh, you have a muscle ache here, you know? So I carry these like small, like roll-on bottles and spray bottles with lavender oil and they're to help people with muscle pain and with tension, head tension, muscle tension, cramps, that kind of thing. And so that's another really, you know, your oil, your lavender oil is so incredible for the bath, for your feet, for your tense neck muscles, right? So I love lavender oil. I love that. 
Yeah, I think of lavender, like one thing I think about in my own head with lavender is like having a lavender moment. You think about, you know, just like a busy life where we can just get going faster and faster. And there's something about lavender, one of the many gifts of lavender, that it invites us to pause, to slow down, to relax. And so many of the things that you shared, even, you know, whether it's culinary and adding lavender to a meal where you get to savor it, or for tension headaches, body aches, pains, uh, time, you know, with the body scrub and the shower and the bathtub, all of those things invite us to appreciate lavender not only in the gifts inherent in lavender, but it's kind of like coupled with that is the moments of space that lavender helps to grant us as well. I love that you brought that up. Not a lot of people talk about that so much. And I love that you talk about that. When I started on my path of, is there another way? I started massage school, herb school, and yoga teacher training all at the same time. And so it was all about the body, the breath, and the plants. One of the very first place I started with the plants was the breath, you know, because of the yoga. And so I learned this from the plants and my students. What is it that can take somebody from like, oh God, uh, you know, mm, I kind of bummed out or whatever. And then they go from uh to uh, in a fraction of a second, from uh to uh in a fraction of a second. It's smelling lavender. They go, oh, wow. And so it's not like they stay there for maybe the next two hours, but that moment of like, breath in, breathing, the shoulders drop, that changes your reality in that second. And as we know, like stress isn't about like, oh, I'm going to live a stress-free lifestyle. Stress is about having enough moments of that during your day that your stress doesn't end up at an eight at the end of the day. You can knock it back with those moments, like you were talking about those lavender moments, like the, I'm going to breathe in, I'm going to get present, I'm going to like even smile because the plant's making me smile. You know, those are the moments that as you're climbing your, your, maybe your stress ladder throughout the day, those moments keep you down and they, they keep you from overdoing it at the end of the day. And this very profound healing, I mean, that is healing. You know, if we can heal ourselves a little bit at a time, decompress a little bit at a time all day long, that's what you said. That's a lavender moment. And I love that you've shared so many ways to practically bring lavender into your life too. And I'm making that lavender medicine as part of the healing process. And again, I don't really mean to like poo-poo essential oils because I'm not, I don't have anything against them. But for me to like open up a bottle that I have no real connection with, and smell it. Obviously, you know, lavender smells good. I use it in my salves, etc. But to work with the whole plant and do these things like the lavender vinegar, lavender and foods, lavender scrubs, that is just so much more fun for me because that's a deeper connection with the plant, the world around me and lavender moment. Yeah. So you can also wash your counter and wash your walls with lavender vinegar. And I make a lavender elderflower lip balm. Keeps your lips nice, you know, and that's like interaction on your lips, like the plant on your lips all day long. You want to learn about a plant? Get it on your lips every day. Like digest it into that tissue and smell it and taste it. It's such a great way to learn. You're giving me so many great ideas of things I haven't tried with lavender that I'm excited to do. And it makes me just realize, I mean, this is so true of many plants, but I'm just thinking this about lavender right now. Somebody could spend an entire year or perhaps their entire herbal lifetime just working with lavender. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with lavender and even just spending time with a lavender plant is a gift amongst itself and watching it go through the seasons. I mean, it's just never ending with lavender. 
It's true. I've taught a course called a day of lavender, you know, where we make the lavender, like these little lavender bundles. And I don't know, are you into good old fashioned potpourri, right? You know, like you just have roses and lavender on your counter in your house so that you can walk by and take a hit anytime you want. Like, oh, okay. I feel better. I can't quite make it out into the garden. I'm too busy. So I've got this potpourri here, you know? Lovely. Well, Kemi, you've mentioned that lavender is carminative. So it's helping with digestion. You've mentioned it for headaches. You've mentioned it for sore muscles. We've mentioned it. I love everything you said about stress and the stress ladder. So we've talked about it in that way. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about the many gifts of lavender? You know, there it's so many. I mean, I also think it's a great plant for a nervous stomach, intestinal discomfort. So there's nothing like chamomile, lavender, fennel tea. It solves all bad potluck combinations, all like travel meal that's just not my biome, you know. (laughs) That tea, I carry that tea with me. And because lavender tea by itself is a little intense, but if you smooth it out with the chamomile and the fennel, like I love that for all things, just kind of like acute, you know, intestinal just funk, right? Uh, It makes a great, the liniment and the oil for your muscle tension and cramps. I use hops, lavender, St. John's wort oil for low back pain cramps and um, menstrual cramps. But I think it's really like what you're talking about, the lavender moment, that is the most powerful, you know, and that's also why I use it so much in my crafting. So I'm a crafter. If you come to my house and you bring kids, there's going to be a lavender project my lavender and my thread and all my beads. And we're going to make something. We're going to make little lavender bundles, little lavender pillows. And so you get to take it home with you when you come to my house. I always, and that crafting is another way of embodying it, right? And another way of really increasing your scentscape and increasing your like kind of craving for oh those herbal smells, those herbal aromas that heal us, right? So you have this little bundle or this little pillow in your car or your kids play with it, you know, that it's in their bed and they play with it. You know, it just trains their brain, trains their sensecape to something more than the detergent aisle in the store. Like what is the smell of something real? I mean, lavender, we are bombarded with chemical lavender scent. Like I said, just walk down the body care or the, the washing, the detergent aisle. They're chemical, they're endocrine disrupting, they're harmful to our hormones. And but we get trained, our brain gets trained, be like, oh, that smells good. And so when you have these little, you know, just little bags and little bundles and little things of herbal, like I make herbal hearts then it retrains your sensecape to know like what's real and what's not real. And that's part of what we need to do as adults and to our children. They are marketed to all the time that you shouldn't have a smell and, and you got to cover up your smell and everything they cover up their smell with is toxic. So if you can get people in your life to start playing with herbs and smelling what's real, that can have a really big impact in their life over time. Uh, so true, Cami. Yeah, I, I feel like I have so many ideas now, things that I can't wait to to do with lavender. And also makes me think, you know, years ago, you were kind enough to make it all the way up north to visit me. So when I make it down south to visit you, that's what I'm going to request that. I'm gonna be like, okay, it's lavender craft with Cami time. Oh, yeah, it's so fun. Well, Cami, you know, one of the many things that I love about herbalism is the creative ways that people bring it to life. And so I'm curious what, what herbal projects you have going on right now that you'd like to share with us. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm all about the herbal oils. Again, when I very first started, 
Rosemary said in class, if you can't eat it, don't put it on your skin. And then I'd go to massage school and everybody would be slathering like this chemical petroleum. And I was like, well, Rosemary said, if you can't eat it, don't put it on your skin. So I, I listened to her. And so I started making herbal oils and bringing them to all the massage therapists and all everybody. And then, so that's how they, I got drafted to teach my first class on herbal oils was because all the massage therapists were like, what is that? And so I'm still just really, really passionate about the herbal oils and um, getting herbal oils into people's lives. I have a free workshop happening on that right now that people can get into. And the oils, they are the answer to so many things. (laughs) And I feel like the oils, I feel like that they're a very powerful gateway modality for herbalism because, you know, to be an herbalist, um, even studying for three, four, five years, it really comes through embodiment. You can study, but it, it really comes through embodying the art. And so what can you do every day and the people around you can join in so that it becomes cultural? You want to establish an herbal culture, not just something that you do, um, so that the people around you can engage, right? And so, you know, I mean, I make teas, but the people around me are like, eh, but I make the salve and the lotion and the lip balm and the foot rubs and everybody's like, whoa, I want to do that, right? So I just feel like the oils are such a great way to get every, not just embody the art for yourself, but to get other people around you. And so it's really about informing humanity, creating a cultural shift. And the oils can do that. They're so safe, you know, they've got first aid, they've got prevention, they've got uh, how to resolve, you know, there's so many uses and they're so safe. So I had no idea that it was going to be the very first class I taught and still all these years later be like oils, herbal oils. I do. I feel like elderberry syrup is really popular, fireside, you know, there's all these things that have kind of made it into, into the popular culture, but I still feel like the herbal infused oils, people really don't get how amazing they are for you. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love how passionate you are about oils because I am too. I feel like sometimes that there's something about tinctures that a lot of people just find really alluring and they get a lot of hype. But for me, I'll go weeks without ever taking an herbal tincture, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't use an herbal infused oil. And so it's something that is just so nourishing. And like you said, nobody, like occasionally people will contact me and be like, hey, you know, a friend, family, and I'll say, I I could use a tincture of this or whatever. But when it comes to the herbal infused oils, you know, face oils, lotions, body butters, creams, lip balm, those are the things that my friends and family are requesting with fervor, right? (laughs) It's not like, hey, I could use this. It's like, when are you making the next batch of lip balm? Because I want to be sure I'm on the list. So yeah, it's one of my most favorite herbal preparations. And your tutorial is so excellent. And, you know, for the listeners, as you probably know by now, I love to share recipes when we talk about these plants, because recipes are just a wonderful way for you to get involved and create your own experience with herbs. So it's not just about listening to whoever has the mic, right? It's about your own experiences. And I'm really excited for the recipe sharing that Cami has for you, because instead of simply sharing a recipe card, Cami has this whole video series and tutorial on how to make lavender infused oil. That's different than lavender essential oil. This is something that you get to create with your own hands using whole herbs. So to get your free access to the lavender infused oil tutorial, head to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get the complete show notes and the link to the lavender infused oil tutorial. And I know that people are going to love this. I love this tutorial myself. I've watched it before and it's just excellent. And, And then you get to bring all the many gifts of lavender into your life. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's good. Yeah, it's a good it's a good uh, tutorial because you can just see it in real time. You know, you can watch it instead of reading a, a recipe and it's for beginning oil makers if you want to start out right and not have all the uh, decade of mold experiences that I had or like all of these batches were good except for this one. I can't figure out why. If you want to just skip over that, it's a good tutorial. And even if you're if you've been making dabbling or making oils for years, just because of the level of how definitely well over a thousand gallons of oil that I've made, <laughs> seems crazy. Um, you, I, I guarantee you'll learn something. Even if you're uh, a longtime oil maker, I have a lot of uh, longtime oil makers that just go, "Wow, how did I?" You know, so it's good for beginners and people at all all levels of wanting to up their medicine making game. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. There's always so much to learn and your experience and creativity gives us even more to dive into. Well, Cami, the last question I have is one that I'm asking all of my guests in season one. And it's really you know, been fun to hear the many responses to this question. I'm looking forward to hearing yours. So the question is, with all the challenges that we're facing today, what are some of the ways the herbs instill hope in you? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a deep question, Rosalie. You know, the earth is alive. The earth is beauty, you know, and, and it's like, what is our paradigm? What's our cultural paradigm? And so for me, the plants, they capture me, they stop me in me, my tracks, they remind me of the web, they remind me to go wide to take a breath, right? And they remind me of just like the mystery. I don't have to know if there's heaven or hell or what. I can just be with the plants and be like, wow, how did we get here? And, and fall in love with the mystery of not knowing, you know? And when I do that, I love this spiritual practice that the plants pull me into of just feeling connected and how is it that they help my worries go away or my troubles or how can I hand my my concerns over to the stars and the intoxicating scent of the plants, right? And so I do, I feel like I go to the altar of the plants to remind me that there's so much to be grateful for. Um, there's so much I don't understand. They also just have such a teaching of generosity, the generosity that they give and that I they always are reminding me of. And and also just being part of the turning of the wheel, right? No matter what stress is going on or what joy or whatever, the wheel turns, the earth, the flowers, the lavender peaks, and then it immediately turns toward the opposite and it wanes, right? It's just constant turning of the wheel. No matter what I'm doing, the earth can always reflect you know, I am part of that cycle and that season and that continual turning. And, you know, you start working an eight hour day and you forget about the cycle. And so I can always have something about myself be reflected in the earth. You know, it's like the plants always remind me of the rhythms of the waxing and waning of life. And yeah, I, I think that's part of it. It's like, I love being part of that and learning and watching and seeing how my life is always reflected in the earth and how I can participate more deeply as a human. Thank you. That's a beautiful sharing, Cami, and so much of how I feel too. Thank you for giving voice to that. And thank you for being here with us today and sharing your passion for lavender. And I would love to hear what people are inspired to make and enjoy with lavender. So feel free to Put that in the comments below. I'm looking forward to seeing all that because I feel like there, you've given us so many, so many directions to go in. So really appreciate it all and really excited that you were able to join me here today, Cami. Oh, thank you, Rosalie. I love your podcast. I love your YouTube channel. And I just feel I'm so grateful that I, I get on there and I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. You know, I love learning from you also.
For the listeners, don't forget to head over to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get free access to Cami's lavender infused oil tutorial. Also available are the complete show notes, including the transcript. Before you go, be sure to click the subscribe button so that you'll be the first to get my new videos, including interviews like this. I'd also love to hear what you thought about this interview and your relationship with lavender. Leave your comments below. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks. I'm so glad that you're here as a part of this herbal community. Have a beautiful day. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.